Want to do a quick commercial here for our friends at Daxco. That is D-A-X-K-O. Owners of Club Automation, CSI Spectrum, MotionSoft, BFP Next. These software platforms go beyond the current club software and provide best-in-breed solutions to the Halo sector. They wake up every day. They're thinking about your fitness community. They're trying to enhance your member experiences, the facility, easy-to-use software for the staff. If you're looking to change your software, if you're looking to get ahead, if you're looking to get to the next level in the Halo sector and win, do me a favor. Go to info.clubautomation.com forward slash the experience. That is forward slash the experience. Pete Moore, Petey Mo, checking out. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having gold medalist, silver medalist, entrepreneur, chief brand officer of Eat the Frog, Brian Clay. Welcome finally to your first Halo Talks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. So we've been tracking your progress and, you know, we talked, uh, you know, at the onset of COVID and, and you guys have, you know, made it through uh, to the other side, as we like to say. Um, just, barely. just barely, like everyone else, right? Yeah. With the waiting on that PPP loan. Thank God that yeah. came in. And the EIDL, and the ERC credit. Thank you. Exactly. Uncle Samuel. I actually have an Uncle Sam, but he wasn't as generous. <laughs> um, so why don't we, uh, why don't you tell people, you know, what your, uh, your background is on the, uh, on the sports and fitness and track and field side, as well as, um, you know, what brought you to, to become a, an entrepreneur and partner up with the guys that you have. And we'll talk about where eat the frog going. Yeah. So I, uh, I grew up in Hawaii. I was a real active kid, you know, got into a lot of trouble. Um, as I was doing that, somebody told my mom, uh, Hey, listen, you need to get Brian involved in sports. Um, and my mom, you know, just knowing who I was, was like no team sports. He can't play team sports. He's just going to get into fights all day. Oh, wow. It's not going to work. And so she said, you can do track and field or swim. And, and that's because they were two individual sports. I couldn't touch anybody else. I had to stay in a lane, you know, which she really How liked. How old were you at this time, by the way? Uh, I was probably in about sixth grade. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so you knew kind of a, you knew better, but you decided oh, this better, is how I'm going to roll. For sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So you're swimming and you're running by yourself with yeah, like there's uh, some stuff going on in in, in my life that yeah. you know things were a little chaotic, right? Like my parents were getting divorced. There was a lot of physical and verbal and drug abuse and and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So it was a crazy time in my life. But anyways, through all of that, my mom said you can do track and field or swim. I always tell people I was deathly afraid of wearing speedos, so I chose track and field. <laughs> that was the, the beginning of my career. And from that point on, as I started to run, um, I fell in love with running more and more and more. And, and I got better and better and better. Um, and by the time I got into high school, uh, you know, the track, what I tell everybody is the track became my sanctuary. I don't know yeah. if you've seen the movie Chariots of Fire, but, um, of course. you know, yeah. Eric Liddell in that movie has a, a quote that he says, he says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Right. And, and that's that's what it was for me. It's like when I ran, it, it just felt right. You know, I was in control of my space. I I knew what to expect. I knew if I was going to do well because I put in the work, I knew I was going to do not well because I didn't put in the work. Like it, there was always a, you know, this this kind of like uh, uh, every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Right. Like that was the space that I was in. And so it, it felt good. And so you can imagine as that felt good, 
I continued to go more and more and more towards track and trying to get better and better and better. And that led me to a full ride scholarship at Azusa Pacific University, um, which then led me to my first Olympics in 2004, um, my first Olympic medal uh, in 2004, onto a few world championships, a few US championships, and then, of course, uh, the 2008 gold medal in Beijing in the decathlon. Um, and, and, and just a really uh, amazing career, and I had a blast, and, and now I've moved into entrepreneurship. Yeah. So when you take a look back at, you know, you say, you know, in control of my space, which I think is like a really interesting uh, set of words, because when you go into entrepreneurship, you're not in control of many things. Right. (laughs) So how did you kind of gain control of it or how have you learned to deal with it? Yeah, I, I would say the one of the hardest things about going from professional athlete to entrepreneurship is this idea that when you're, when you're a professional athlete, everything revolves around you, right? So it's like, if I need to get better, like I have to put in the time, I fix it. I become, you know, obsessive about the technique until, until I have it perfect. Um, I can skip lunch. I can respond immediately, you know, do all those types of things. And there's a certain intensity that you, you train with. And, you know, there's a certain amount of grit that you have to have and, and just tenacity and drive and focus, you know, all those types of things. And when I moved into entrepreneurship, it was the complete opposite, right? It was like, yeah, in the beginning, I could do it all. My business partner and I could do it all. And that was fine. But as you grow, you can't. And so you have to bring on team members that can help you. And that was a new world for me. It's still kind of a new world that I have to learn, right? Because it's personalities and people and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so the hardest thing was realizing that people don't operate the same way I do or the same way I did. Um, You know, I can sometimes be a little intense. You know, sometimes I don't. No, 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 come on. (laughs) You know, um, sometimes I don't listen maybe as much as people would like me to. Um, You know, uh, I can be a little, you know, as a matter of fact about about things. And so those are the types of things I can get a little frustrated when I don't get an email response you know, that day and it comes two or three days later and I'm like, wait a second, like, what do you mean? Like, why does it take so long to respond to an email? You know, sure. So, so those areas I think have been difficult for me, but, but I think as you go, as you grow up, as you mature, as you enter into relationships and you, you know, you have people who you hire and that are part of your team that you can be honest with and you can have like, you know, great conversations with, they feel safe. Um, they, mm-hmm. they feel heard. They can tell you things about yourself, not maybe like specifically where they come out and say, listen, you suck. Right. But but in the way that they react. Right. They can mm-hmm. they can they'll react certain ways. They'll say certain things. You'll see them shut down. You'll see those types of things. And as a as a an owner, as a as a founder, I have to be, you know, uh, attentive to that. I have to be able to see that, read it and say, oh, shoot something's not working here. And, and that just happened over time. You, you mature, you learn, people get mad at you and you find out why. And you're like, man, you have employees quit and you go, Oh crap. Like I should have handled that a little better. You know, next time here's, here's what I'm going to do. But it was ultimately it was relinquishing control. It was realizing that I can't control every aspect of everything. And I've got to trust people to, to do what I hired them to do. I mean, there's some interesting things to make some observations that I think might be important for you to know about yourself that I'm done listening to, but also for the, our audience here that are running clubs and running franchises. Like you're actually the perfect person to create a franchise or 
yeah. model <laughs> and a prototype because like you're so critical of like every step that you take or right. this, this lighting should be here or, you know, this will optimize this part of it or, right. you know, here's like the experience and I want to replicate that experience. So the best franchisors, and I always bring this up about the, the guys at Orange Theory, you know, that I'm super impressed with how they've run their operation. And they had four, four of the five locations they started with were losing money. And, yeah. you know, they basically went in and said like, okay, what's the special sauce here? You know, how do I figure this thing out? And then how does the technology fit in? How does the sales and marketing fit in? And that becomes, you know, when somebody's in franchising, you know, it, people think, oh, like they, they created this brand. No, they created like an operating system. And right. you're paying them 6% or 8% or whatever the number is to do two things. One, they probably got 20 people at corporate. That costs a million bucks. You're basically renting yeah. their overhead for like 60 grand. Yeah. Right? Yep. And hiring those people. The second thing is like they actually have done the work to figure out like, oh, here's a profitable business model and I'm going to let you use it. Right. Yeah. I'm basically going to hand you my playbook or like my Olympic, you know, roadmap and I'm right. going to let you use it. What's interesting about where you're at is, you know, you, you have the ability to do that. And then you've got people downstream that replicate it. And it's almost like up to you to control what you can't control and teach them how to do it. And yeah. then it's like you actually cloned yourself. Right, right. And I think it's, you know, one of the things that I've learned through my experience is the more I, like, for, for example, for me, operations was a new space, right? I had never, like, operated a, a, a studio, a gym. And so what I had to do was I had to become, I always talk about this, become a student of my sport, right? Like, I had to study it. I had to understand it. And not just from a books side of things, but I had to like get in and actually become an operator so that I understood what my, my team and, and what my franchisees were going through. And, and so I've spent some time doing that. We have a location out here that's about 10 minutes from my house. And I literally will go in almost every day if I can. And, and I'm an operator. I, I go in. You got to live it. You got to live it. sign people it. up. I, I awesome. you know, get into the computer. I, I get into our CRM. I work through it. I re refund people. I'm answering questions for people when they want to know about the training and how it works and all that. I go to events and, and sell and talk to people about it. But then I also have to wear the, the, you know, the founder hat and I've got to be able to speak to investors and I've got to be able to talk to them about, you know, the things that, that matter to them that maybe don't matter to a member. But, um, so I, I have to wear both hats a little bit, but but I think that's part of, you know, my job and, and, and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy learning about it. And I never think that there's ever a point where I know everything, right? Like I always try to keep the mindset that I don't know anything. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I have things that I love and that I'm passionate about. And I can talk about forever, but, but by no means am I an expert in all of it. And so I just try to keep that mindset as I'm having these conversations and I'm always trying to learn. And the only way you can learn is by getting your hands dirty, getting in it and, and doing it. Yeah. We got to join us for, we're, we just set up our new uh, Halo Academy for September. So we go through five case studies, two hours okay. on Planet Fitness, Soul Cycle, CrossFit, yeah. Peloton, Cycle for Survival. You, you, you'd love that. It's like, you know, just basically yeah. like what's the special sauce of each one of these companies and how they right. figure it out and what does it mean and how, how they scale it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you, when you take a look at, you know, a discovery day, you know, with Eat the Frog on, on a franchise and a franchise disclosure document mm -hmm. or licensing, people want to be affiliated with winners, 
right? I, right. I don't want to go play. I don't want to get drafted by, you know, the worst team in the premier league and, you know, get relegated. Right. I want to go and right. play for man. U as goalie and I'm, I'm only 50. Right. So, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. still going to keep my options open. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, you know, point is like, how much do you kind of put it out there? Obviously you're, you've got a lot of humility. You understand like, Hey, I'm a franchise or now. So I'm like here to support you. But at the same time, I'm kind of here also to lead you to the finish right. line. So I kind of got to be on both sides of this. So how much do you say like, Hey, look, I'm an Olympic, you know, gold medalist, like go find somebody else that has that kind of drive that's running a business in the fitness industry. And I did that on my own. Now I got a team like hop on board. Right. 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 I mean, we, listen, we try to play that up as, as much as we can. Of course, I personally don't like playing it up. You know, if it was right. up to yeah. me, I would be in the background. Nobody would even know. Right. But, but I do have a business partner and I do have a team who are like, Brian, listen, you got to understand, like, this is something special. This is something that we have to, you know, we have to uh, bring up because you just don't get it in other companies. I mean, we, pride ourselves. You've talked to, to myself and Joe, my co-founder and, and all those types of things. We, we really do pride ourselves in being honest. I mean, you know, we have a set of morals and values at our company that, that, you know, I think come before the business, you know, and, and it really is what drives, I think, our decision-making and, and honesty is a big part of not just who we are as people, but who we are as a company. Um, and it's a part of the product that we actually put out for our members. Um, and, and, and one of the things that, that we want people to know is that when they come work out at Eat the Frog, they're going to get an honest workout. We're not going to, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not going to say, oh, fitness is so easy, 30. 11 minutes here, you know, take this pill, just drink this shake. Like I've been doing this my whole life. Like I know this space. I know what works. I may not have a doctorate in those types of things, but I can tell you from the real world, like training at the highest levels there are traveling the world, seeing the best doctors, the best trainers, the best nutritionists, all those types of things that, that it's not easy. And that's one of the things that I think you know, we talk about the special sauce. One of the things I think we do, what we do well is we make fitness simple, right? It's always going to be hard. We make it really simple. And the way that we do that is by not lying to you and trying to come up with some way that you're going to lose weight fast, but, but talking to you about what really works, right? How do you, how do you become fit? How do you improve and be successful at your fitness model? And we have that honest conversation, our workouts, you know, we love to say that are, are designed um, with science behind them. And we look at how do athletes train? Why do athletes train that way? And what are the things that we can grab from what the best in the world does and, and distill down and bring in and make uh, available to the average everyday person? Um, and, and, and that's what we've done in our brand. And, and that's what you know we pride ourselves on. I think we've done a really good job at that. So, you know, as you think about the, the next steps, you know, in the evolution of boutique fitness, you got a lot of content. Um, you got a lot of operating manuals, manuals. You got trainers, mm-hmm. and you've got large health clubs, middle market health clubs that are saying, "You know what? Like, I'm not going to be able to hire the best boutique fitness instructor and keep him or her there. Yeah. Um, when I just go and franchise a brand, I have like a box within my box mm-hmm. that has their own special sauce to it, and and do a revenue share instead of trying to, you know, pound your chest. They're like, "Oh, I only pay my." Uh, you know, hit instructor 45 bucks. I'm like, yeah, right. but you make like 20 bucks a class. So like you yeah, lost yeah. $25, you know? So how do you kind of position this and say, 
look, I, it's a standalone business. It's inside. I can license it. I can give you content. You know, how are you making it more accessible where you don't have to say no? Because a franchisor has to say no probably 95% of the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, we look at, so first of all, my opinion, my business partner's opinion of the fitness industry is that where it's going is, is somewhere different than what we, than what maybe we've been used to. And I, and I really believe that, you know, we talk about our brick and mortar plus and strategy, our brick and mortar plus strategy is, is simply, we don't believe brick and mortar is going anywhere. We absolutely believe that on the, what we call plus is, is fit tech. And, and it's going to be the combination of that. So our goal, you know, like I said, is to make fitness simple. But, but the only way that we can do that is by incorporating the, the, the best technology that's out there. When I was training, you know, this is the story that we always tell people. When I was training, my life was designed around my fitness regimen. And that made it very easy. Everything I did, everyone I talked to, all the decisions that I made, it was all designed around being successful at my fitness regimen mm -hmm. for when I became dad, entrepreneur, husband, you know, that just normal guy, right. Um, my life was no longer designed around fitness. And you know what I figured out? It's really hard. Yeah, it <laughs> you know, it's really hard to, to, to like make fitness work. And so we, I saw that problem. I talked to my co-founder Joe and, and we looked at that and we felt like we could have a product that would be better but we had to address some things that were going on. Like we had to make it accessible, right? So our studios are 24 hours a day. So the technology that we use allows us to run, you know, training sessions where people can do it as a group. And some people can sometimes come in and do it by themselves. Right. But they run, we run training sessions that are led by an animation on the screen, 24 hours a day on the hour, every hour, there's a session going, doesn't matter. You want to come in at 3 AM. You can come in at 3 a.m. and get a workout. In fact, we actually have a member that comes in at 3 a.m. to get his workout in. Um, and so that's what we've done. And we've taken all of the, the things that can be handled by technology, and we've started to use technology to take care of all those things so that if there is a live coach or you do have a, a staff member that wants to go in and, and kind of hype up the, the, the experience, um, that can be done, but but that's their sole job is just hyping up the experience, right? It's just connecting with people as opposed to having to be the coach because the coach in the room is is the screen. Um, we have the music baked into our files. We have the heart rate and all that kind of stuff dialed in. All of our equipment can be uh, adjusted for your fitness level. Um, and so it really becomes this personalized workout within maybe sometimes a larger group setting because each, everything that you're doing is designed specifically for where you're at. And that's one of the things that we love and why we think we can fit so well inside of a, a big box um, is because you can literally take what we do and you can put it in space that you already have um, and have a system that runs 24 hours a day that, that doesn't require a coach in the room unless you want to have a coach there. Um, it's something that people enjoy they like i mean it's literally what we say is you know we're honest you come in you have an honest workout we make it simple you don't have to think you don't have to do anything we tell you everything that you need to do and and all you need to do is show up if you just show up you'll be you'll be successful hey I hate, I hate when when there's a football game on and they're like this guy didn't show up today the play yeah. is like no that's the, actually the only thing he did that's do was show up yeah. and then he stunk up the field but he yeah. did show up um right so eat the frog, I believe uh, Mark Twain is, you know, eat a, eat a live frog in the morning and then like the rest of your day, nothing really bad, yeah. worse is going to happen than that. So you're running 24 hour workouts. 
you got, you're basically doing hit workouts. How important is it for you as an entrepreneur to have competition? Cause you've been competing with people all your life. So some people yeah. might say like, Oh, F 45s, you know, got this and orange series got that. And there's the other guys that are streaming and they're going in less mills doing this and that, you know, how is your mindset? Like to bring it, dude, I've been doing this since I was like in sixth grade, you know, it's yeah, actually I, just going to make me faster and better. What do you right. say? Like, Oh, well, this is copycats and like contaminating the market and pricing. How do you, how did someone like you think about competition? You know, I've never been afraid of competition. Um, I think the reason why I'm not afraid of competition is because when you do your homework, right? Like when you know your space, when you know what works and what doesn't work, there's nothing to be afraid of. When I was competing, I would look at other people and there were people that were taking steroids, right? And, and cheating to get to the top. There were people that, you know, would find shortcuts or, or find ways to try to like, you know, work the system and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and you've got to be, when you see that as an athlete, you have to be confident enough in your system and your training and what you do and why it works that you look at that and it's just noise, right? You look yeah. at that and you go, you know what? Those are just distractions. Yeah, they're doing great. And they might, there, there might be things to learn from what they're doing, right? Like you might see things and you might go, listen, they, they did this or they did that. And that's really cool. And I want to look at that and I want to figure out how to put that into mind, but they're doing things also that, that, you know, don't work or that create risk for them or that, you know, put holes in their system. And so you've got to look at those things and you've got to learn from those things as well. Right. Um, and so what we did and what I like to do is I like to look at everybody that's come before us. I mean, I, I did this in sports. I looked at all of the decathletes. I know all the decathletes that came before me, right. That won the gold medal before me. I knew mm -hmm. all the scores, how high you had to score on average and what we knew was going to take to, to, to win a gold right? Years before. I mean, I looked at how they trained. I looked at their equipment. I looked at who their coaches were. I knew what they scored and how they scored it and, and what the events, you know, their times were in the events or the distances were in their events and whether it was raining or what, I mean, I knew yeah. all that stuff, right? Because I needed to know it. And we did the same thing with the fitness industry. We came in and we said, Hey, listen, who's here. And at the time when we first started, it was like Zumba, um, CrossFit was on the market. They were really starting to push and, and come on strong. Mm. You had, um, you know, some cycling and, and different things. Um, Orange Theory was on the scene, but 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 not really on the scene yet. They were still pretty small. They hadn't really mm -hmm. expanded. And so we, we actually didn't know about Orange Theory when we first started. And that's when we ended up finding out about them. But but all that to say, we we looked at the the the, the space that we were in and we said, okay, where are the holes? What are the things that, that we think we can change? And what are the things that we feel like need to change in order to provide the product that we want to provide, which is an honest product. Because again, we talk about this all the time. When I looked at the, the fitness industry, what I saw was a one size fits all industry, right? I saw people who entered into the fitness industry and were always like, hey, you know, I, I want to lose weight or I, I have this goal. I want to run a 5K or I want to do this. I want to just live and be healthier. And what the industry was telling them, especially the group fitness industry, was listen, everybody just come to our studios, do our one workout of the day, right? Which is just a randomized workout that they, they just decided to make, to make you burn as many calories as they can for that one day. Um, and if you all do that workout of the day, all at the same effort, which is just balls to the wall, as hard as you can go, burn as many mm -hmm. calories as you can, get as sore as you can, so that it feels like you got a really good workout. Um, you'll all be successful. You'll all reach your fitness goals. And I'm sitting here as an athlete who, who does this, 
day in and day out to become the, the best in the world, right? Not the best in my gym, not the best in my city or, or my state, right? Not even the best in my country. I want it to be the best in the world, right? Like, like only one person gets to say that, right? And in order yeah, that's to- That's awesome, man. That, Congratulations on, on making that you. happen. Thank so, you. But, really but in order to do that, I, I couldn't just do what everybody else was doing. Right. I couldn't right. just look at and go wake up one day and go, huh, you know what? I think, I think I'm just going to go for a run today. Right. Or I think I'm just going to lift, I'm going to go squat 500 pounds until I can't walk anymore. Right. I'm going to do as, as many cleans as I can do until, until I just can't do them anymore. Right. I, I'm just going to run as far as I can. Like, that's not how we trained. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at somebody that was training for a marathon and go, huh, I want to win the gold medal, the decathlon, but I'm going to do what that marathoner is doing. Right. Like, yeah. I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't even look at what another decathlete was doing and go, you know what? They're a gold medalist in the decathlon. I'm just going to do exactly what they do, right? I had to look at who I was. I had to take all that information in from training, mm. bring it to the table, and then look at who I was, what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were, the type of athlete that I was, my lifestyle, uh, my personality, my values. I had to bring all that to the table, and I had to create a training plan that was going to work for me, yeah. right? That was going to help me become successful. And that's what we do at Eat the Frog. That's what makes us different. That's why we're so passionate and so bullish about who we are and what we do. It's because we believe that if you want to be successful at fitness, then we're the brand for you. Because yeah. we, we don't do all of those other things and we've addressed all those things and we're getting better and better and better. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Dave and I talk about this all the time, but, you know, somewhere the fitness industry lost themselves in understanding that we're here to give you results. And if you get results, you're going to stay and you're going to tell yeah. people like no one stays around a cool and be like, Hey, what Netflix did you see? Did I, did I, what movies you go to? What was your Vegas trip? They're like, Hey man, you look awesome. How did you do that? Right. That's right. the conversation. And that's where you need your brand in that narrative. And you actually have to care about yeah, you have to you care. Know, results. And if you we get it from people, that the there, like- that's the business. Yeah, we, we are in a business of service, right? Like our goal is to serve our, our members. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something, again, you know, I talk about being honest. I talk about our values and our morals. Listen, making money is something we want to do. There's the, I mean, there's no doubt about it. We're in this world because we need to make money. I've got a family. You know, my, my, found, my co-founder, my business partner has a family, our employees all have families and, and we all want to su- support our families and, and do all that kind of stuff. But I don't think you have to take shortcuts or, or compromise your values to make that money. Right. I think if you do it right, and I think there are a number of companies out there that have proven this, right. I mean, there's a reason why Chick-fil-A, uh, you know, makes the kind of revenue that they make, you know, at every one of their locations. And there's a line out the door and back and around the, the block, yeah, and, sure. you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's not because they're like everybody else. It's because they're a company that decided they were going to stick to their values. Whether you agree with those values or not, or is you know not up for question. It's just that they stuck to their values and they built a company around what they believe. And 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 a lot of companies do that. And we believe, you know, at Eat the Frog is we stick to our values. We're going to create a product that people just can't deny is better than everything else out there. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. And, and so, um, you know, as we move forward, we've got, you know, where we are currently, we know where we're trying to go. Um, I think it's going to be really fun and exciting as, as the future and technologies get better and better and better. And, and now we're opening up, I think for us, phase two of our, 
of our kind of growth. And I was explaining to you earlier that that's the technology side of things. And we're really yeah. looking to break down the four walls of the studio and bring technology in so that we can create what we call an omni fitness experience, right? This the idea of omni being like universal, you know, all encompassing. So we want, again, we want you to be able to, to have a fitness experience that was similar to what I had, because we know that when fitness is a part of your lifestyle and not this segmented, you know, part of your life that you tap into every once in a while, but it, you know, sits off, you know, off to the side, we know that you're going to be more successful. And so how do we do that? You can't do that if it's only in the four walls of the studio, if you're confined by the four walls of your gym, right? The only way to do that is to blow those walls down and to get integrated into the life of your members. Um, and that's what we're on the path of, of making happen now. That's why we believe that we're such a great solution for big box. That's why we're happy to license our, our uh, workouts and our, and our um, training plans and those types of things to big box or to YMCA's or to whoever it is that wants to license it, because we know that we can do that. And through technology, we can still create this amazing fitness experience for those people and those members, no matter where they are, right? They don't have awesome. to be in the studio. We can do it anywhere. Great. Well, man, thanks for uh, coming on. It's great to reconnect. Love to um, see if we can help you get uh, eat the frog in other locations um, across the country, across the world. Uh, Decathlon has 10 events. I think you've, you've won the first three to four. So, um, you know, we, we'd advocate for people to hop on board, learn more about what you're doing. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I love how you articulate the business and, uh, you know, control the, the, the controllables and the more you can make controlled, the better your business model yeah. is. And your training pl plan kind of sounds like a business plan to yeah. me, which is, uh, you know, um, you know, a nice parlay into, into what you're doing now. So th thanks for coming into the industry, man. Like you could have done, could have been selling something else, you know, yeah. um, you know, or doing, uh, you know, uh, speaking events, but, uh, we, we welcome you to the, uh, halo sector with open arms and Thank look forward you. to meeting up in person. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll post everything up on the uh, site here related to how to contact you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, having me. It's been a blast. And of course, we always want people to join, join the team. We call it our frog squad. So, you know, we always want people to join the frog squad. You know, we, we really do want to change the industry. We, we really want to bring a more honest, simple product to the market that, that really improves the lives of, of our members. And, and I think that we can do that. You know, we just hope that people want to be a part of it. All right. So I do this, I do this with my nephew. I do one, two, three, and then we do hard work. Okay. Like, you know, like a very deep voice. So we'll do that together here to end the All show. Right. One, two, three, hard, hard work. work. Hard work. All right, baby. All right, man. See you soon. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Take care.